0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Ribeiro and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Canadian Job Search Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with Trevor Botkin. Trevor Botkin, Trevor Botkin, sorry, is the National Director of Corporate Connections Canada. Trevor has spent the last three years connecting and empowering business leaders across the globe. Before joining Corporate Connections full-time, Trevor was a member representing a company that was piloting the next generation of virtual reality entertainment having enjoyed success across seven different industries and with extensive management experience in hospitality, technology, and the arts. Trevor understands the obstacles faced by individuals, CEO, and organizations alike. With the passion to create, he likes nothing more than to bring the best in both people and organizations they propel. As a father and a husband, Trevor is proud to belong to a community that is bigger than business, and he relishes the opportunity to be a catalyst and to help create meaningful change. Well, Trevor, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jan. Thank you so much, John. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to be here.
0: Um, you know, you and I, we have some common connections. And one of the things that they've told me is you are the people connector. And I love that because I think this is where a lot of candidates or a lot of talent is struggling today and really making those connections with employers, but vice versa, you know, with employers making connections with individuals. So let's just jump into that. Let's jump into this. Um, From your perspective, what do you feel is different in today's job search and job market?
1: I mean, would it be cheating to say that everything's different? Um, (laughs) You know, I I think if you ask business owners um, you know before the pandemic and you ask about outlook on business certainly in Canada you, i think you would have a very different answer than you'd get today you know mm-hmm. now that we're a year and a half into some real upheaval and changes in terms of of the job market and in how business owners look at it how employees look at it and i think that's a really interesting to, thing to look at is as a business owner, we may look at the market differently than an employee would. And I don't care if you're a low level employee, you know, just uh, at the bottom of of a a corporate ladder, or even, you know, a highly paid executive where you you may be the VP of uh, sales, but at the same time, you're still an employee. And, And I think, you know, we're all Kind of coming to grips with a new reality in not just how we work, but in terms of how we live. Um, and, you know, there was such a big shift before, a big emphasis on trying to find work life balance. And suddenly, when our entire life is spent uh, at home, including the kids in Ontario and vast swaths of the world where there's homeschooling, um, and suddenly we're trying to find work life, school balance. All under one roof using one internet account. Um, on that, I think everyone's taken a short step back to look at you know how do we live, how do we work, and and more importantly, like what are the choices that I want to make today to make sure I'm living my best life now and and tomorrow, um, and and so. You know, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek to say everything's changed, but really, everything has changed. Um, And and I think we're we're going into some pretty uncharted waters right now, uh, in terms of a society as we start looking at you know what what that market looks like.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's. uh, I don't think it's tongue-in-cheek. I think we are in a different world. Um, So, from your perspective, and I know you deal with a lot of organizations. What do you feel they need to do today in order to stay and make I'm going to call it the human connection with individuals that are out there, because I know that's one of the big things that really differentiates these organizations today, because they're not, you know, a lot of organizations are a few organizations are saying, you know what, we're going to stay this way, we're going to stay remote, we're going to continue to work the way that we're we're working because it's working and then other other organizations, the bigger organizations are saying, no, you know, forget this. Everybody's coming back into the office. So from your perspective, what are, what are some of those things that these organizations need to do to stay connected, maintain that human connection with a, their workforce, but also to engage and uh, attract new talent into their organizations?
1: Yeah. I mean, short answer is, is culture. I think Um, creating, and maintaining an authentic culture that people want to belong to um, or even that sense of community within a corporation I think is is huge um, I I would say on, on top of that or or maybe you know another piece of that is is to go we're seeing a shift society wise from from what I would say is a very patriarchal structure where you um, a lot of our power was created and held within a, a di, you know, um, a paradigm of force. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we think back to people of maybe our generation, uh, late 40s, early 50s uh, who came up through Reaganism and Margaret Thatcher and you know this sense, uh, let's called it the Bruce Willis of business, which is that macho sort of um, show no fear, cowboy, yippee-ki-yay, let's do business. Um, we're seeing a, a shift away from that, and I think that's a good thing, towards uh, empathy and intuition and and actually caring, um, not just about profit, but about the people who help generate that profit. Um, and so there is a bit of a friction between these two, uh, I would say, paradigms of, of one which is very... I don't want to say it's it's uh, a feminine sort of thing, um, but it's a gentler, softer approach, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is more sustainable than sort of a forced approach. So anyone who's running a business is saying, "Look, um, we need you to come back to the office so we can micromanage your day," or because we don't trust you to get more done. I think is at a disadvantage to the business owner who says, "Look, you know, last eighteen months." we've been uh, apart and yet your production has been incredible despite all the distractions. So how do we help you continue to find that balance? How do we help you to continue to excel and find a way to do that within a structure that makes sense for us holistically? Um, those companies who are nimble, who are agile, who who listen to the needs of their employees. you know I, I think my wife has done a great job with, with some of her employees and she's in a, translation company where half them are in Montreal and the other half are in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people do their best work at hours different than say when I do my best work. And so finding that balance of saying, now I had this conversation with someone the other day saying, you know, if you can get eight hours of work done in four hours, then why not? You know, why should you have to be locked to a desk for eight hours? Um, if you're super efficient with your time and, and you can crank it out and do four hours and then get that four hours back to do something else or, or do that, that's the best part of, I would say, that capitalistic idea of saying, you know, here's our goal. Here's what I need you to accomplish either daily, monthly, weekly, whatever that is. Whether you get that done in a 40-hour week or a 20-hour week, I'm going to pay you for the result not for the time you put in, you know what I mean? So if we can reshift some of our the ways or or some of the rules by which we kind of engage with each other to say, you know, I don't need to sit here and look over your shoulder um, as a manager. I'm here to support you and facilitate your growth and make sure that you're you know, capable. Like if you hit your targets, my targets get hit. That's the way the world works so how do i how do i set you up for that kind of success and so any company that approaches it from that standpoint a i mean you're going to save tons of money in terms of some of the overhead of of running um, a traditional office where if i've got 200 employees i need 200 desks and 200 phones and 200 computers and so many bathrooms and that and to say i don't need everyone in the office at the same time because some people have shown The maturity and that entrepreneurial attitude of they can work from a laptop next to the beach and actually do better work because they're in a better place mentally they're in a better place physically um and so i i just think you know every owner needs to stop and you know take stock of what are those kind of held down beliefs that maybe um, are no longer pertinent or no longer true uh, to themselves to their business, um, and and if you're not pivoting, if you're not adapting, if you're not listening to your best and your brightest, you're you're dead in the water. It's 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 a losing battle, and you know I think, and maybe it's a question coming up. I'll segue into it without you having mm-hmm. to ask it, but you know there's a lot of talk about what will the job market be in terms of mass. I think job shifting or the yeah. musical chairs of of careers. You know, I think for many of us the reality of going wow we're not there's so many pieces of our life we're not in control of. The government saying no you can't go to work, you can't go to restaurants, you can't go to the bar, you can't go to the gym. Your kids have to stay home. Um when we realize that so much of our life um somebody else is calling those shots right wrong or indifferent i won't get into the politics of that but that at the end of the day for health reasons the government has exerted more control than i think many of us are comfortable with um we start looking for okay so then what can i control and for many of us who we work for and the work we do is that low-hanging fruit is if i can't pick and choose some of these other aspects of my life, I'm sure as heck gonna pick the work I'm doing and who I work for as I'm gonna make that change. So I think, you know, there's a whole bunch of people who are gonna start going, yeah, I'm open to make a shift, be it laterally up or down, um, to be able to maintain. And and there's a lot of studies going into um, people not wanting to commute and you know you're you're Mm -hmm. you're in the toronto area so you know people used to get up at four in the morning to to do an hour drive because if they got up at six in the morning it was a three-hour drive and they're just like nope not going to do that anymore and so we're going to reshape our cities whether we want to or not just because people will no longer play that game because we've realized after a year and a half that game's an arbitrary um, and so, you know, if, if you're being asked to come back to the office, you're like, you know what, I'll find another job that's closer to where I currently live um, mm-hmm. that maybe aligns better with how I want to live my, my my life and how I want to spend my time. And there's a lot of people who made the shift out of like a big center like Toronto, um, maybe to a Halifax or some of these other markets where the, the cost of living is so much lower. And they're going, wow, I, I can actually take a smaller paycheck or a similar paycheck because my cost of living just, I cut it in half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I do think there's a big change in, in, you know, when I'm talking to business owners, it's always about make sure you're not making decisions reactively, but how do you creatively uh, help your employees want to stay with you? And, and, and that would always come back to, culture of what are we doing and why are we doing it? What's our purpose and what's the impact that we want to have as an organization?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, so there's a couple of controversial things in there because I, I think it's interesting and, you know, I like that you raise it, right? So, you know, if you can do your hours in 20 hours instead of 40, then just do it in your 20. But I would imagine for a lot of leaders, and I'd love to get your insight on this from a leader perspective, like that's a big shift. Like if somebody has been locked in a way of thinking, and I know I'm not going to say I know a lot of personal leaders like that, but there are a few, there's a handful that are, are not willing to change. What would be your recommendation for them? I know outside of going and making those changes, but what other warnings, like, let's call them warnings or um, advice, you know, that they should be aware of in terms of being careful to not let that happen? Because I know a lot of people are still fixed in that kind
1: of mindset, right? Yeah, um, I, I think I think what if if so if I was running, and again, I'm I'm I have mostly members. I, I don't have any any staff in that sense, mm. so I I feel much more on a I would say from from a service level, I'm in support or in service of of those members who who pay to be part of my my community. Um, and so I've I, I'm blessed with being able to come in and, and have that viewpoint. If and I have led larger organizations and 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 had many people underneath me, and if I was in that position now, I I would be making a point of. Taking each one of those, and, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it in one of his podcasts. Um, you sit down with every single one of them now, like take them for lunch, get them out of the office, uh, especially as we open up and we can do the face to face and and say, How are you? You know, how, how has the last 18 months been? How's your family? And, and what's your next? year look like? What's your next two years look like? What are you excited about? What freaks you out? Um, Are you still aligned with the company or not? And it's cool if you're not, you know, like we're all adults here, Um, but just want to make sure. And I think if every business owner did that, if every leader took their direct reports out and just authentically asked them, how are you doing? and how do I help you overcome whatever it is that you're running into? Um, and they may not have the answers, like it may just be a, a, a total zoo. They may be mm-hmm. like, oh man, I don't even know how to help this person. But even the simple act of asking and checking in with people, I, there's a GM at a hotel that, that I used to know, and yeah, he would he would take time to sit down with every single employee and say, what's your plan? I know this probably isn't your lifelong dream to be a a housekeeper in a hotel. So what is the goal? What is the dream? And how do I help you get there using this career? And so I think it's to a, acknowledge that people people have the right to leave. People have the right to stay. People have the right to, to all of these. So how do you help them make the most of the situation they're in where it's a win-win? Win for you as the owner and win for them as the employee. Um, so there's not a... A mismatch or an imbalance of, I'm going to get more from you as the owner than you are uh, as the employee, and I think there's a lot of people looking at Bezos and some of the stuff at Amazon and going, "Wow, this this dude's spending a lot of money to go to space," and I'm I'm scraping by like that's an imbalance. Okay, yeah. So you know if you're in the position where you have a big company and you're running it. Um, unless it's a massive company and I'm thinking like a company like Rogers where you've got 5,000 people working in call centers massive hierarchy but if if you're a smaller firm you know there's there's you know hundred 150 50 of you you know take the time to find out A, how everyone's doing don't assume that you know um, find out how they're doing and and check in like are you still aligned are we as a group still aligned? And and if not, it's okay. They may have to like help them move on if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the the mature sort of adult thing to do. Um, and again, I think every problem you can either react to it or you can create against it. And I always choose to how can we create uh, a solution as opposed to react to the problem. So yeah, to me, to me, the the kind of the low hanging fruit is always go through and just do a massive massive check-in not lip service but check-in and then create a plan from there with your lead with your managers and say okay so we know we've got some people who are really dissatisfied or we've got some people who are really happy um with the work they're doing they're really happy with the job but they're terrified of being back in the office now it's not reactionary it's also their adult parents live with them so for them, they're freaked out about being anywhere near other people because they're worried about their adult parents, mm-hmm. super justifiable, how do we help them? And so there's not a one size fits all and that's the kind of idea like here's the company, take it or leave it. it, is to say, how do we help everyone f- navigate through this because every, every one of us is dealing with it as best we can in the way we can, with the tools we have and some of us are better equipped than others um and we don't know and there's you know we don't i don't know what's going on with you john unless i ask you and (laughs) um and you won't be able to tell me unless you're like hmm how am i doing um and be able to you know honestly tell me and if there isn't that dialogue between a a business owner or a manager and employee you know I, i pretty much guarantee you you'll wake up one uh, one day and they will have taken a job somewhere else, probably for the same amount of money or less money because something resonated or it felt safer to be in that situation than staying in their current situation.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 you know, just a simple fact, and I think you touched on it, Trevor, just the simple fact of just creating some dialogue and having conversation. One of the things I've seen recently on LinkedIn is that there's a new startup organization. I'm not going to mention their name, but you know, the one thing that I've seen that's been really, really amazing, they're a smaller organization. I think there are about a thousand people. And the CEO personally welcomes everybody to the organization through their social media page on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, you know, talk about a leader who, who really walks the talk, right? Like it's not, you know, this is something we do. This is something that's different this is who we are. And, and I almost feel like this needs to be, and actually I'd love to get your perspective on this. It feels like it needs to now be the new standard. Like it's no longer the, like this type of organization is no longer the exception. It should be the new standard. Cause I think that's what's going to take for a lot of these organizations to survive through, you know, going into this new, like you said, uncharted waters, um, you know, just being out there and just doing things differently.
1: But that—that's the hallmark of of an of a leader who actually cares, mm-hmm. and I think, I think we need more leaders who care. I think we need more people who are passionate about providing, you know, jobs and sustenance and community for their people. Like it, it, it's a—it's astounding how much value we place as as humans on our job position and. Like, I I challenge you to go to a barbecue this summer and not ask a new introduction what they do. Mm -hmm. Like, force yourself to not say, Hey, so what do you do? Um, It is so hard to not try to put people in context by what they do. And so because that's how much importance we put on what we do day to day in terms of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's how we make sense of the people around us. Oh, you're a lawyer. OK, you're a real estate person. And and that's how we make sense of kind of personality and those things. And, and a lot of it's unfair because it's, I, I would say, pigeonholing. Um, and especially if someone chooses to be a stay-at-home parent and we all are like, oh, OK, so you're a stay-at-home. I get that. And yet that is probably, the, the most challenging job we could pick in our society today is, is to stay at home and, and raise kids and, and not go nuts. Um, cause the world is, is challenging as a parent. Um, but I, I would say, you know, a leader who actually cares about the person and makes choices to help them. And, and it's interesting. I was, uh, I was talking to my my wife who had an employee that just wasn't wasn't working out great in the role mm-hmm. and she went to such great lengths to try to find another company that would be a better fit because she's like the person is amazing we love her it's just not a great fit for the job she's in and we don't have a job and just the amount of attention that went on like asking me even like bugging me to say do you have any companies that would be a better fit for this personality because she's a, a, an amazing human being and deserves to be out there working and deserves to be there. And, you know, I've got a couple members who are in, in the recruitment space and who are in the HR space and just the passion and care into finding, you know, a person who is going to not just do well at a job, but who's going to knock it out of the park and because we all do better. You know, if, if if I'm recruiting for a company and I find somebody who really embodies the role and the spirit of that, I look good, you look good, they look good, everyone looks good, and we all, it's a win-win-win. Um, and so when we hire that way, uh, I think it's magic. And it's the same thing of, of when you have a leader who, you know, I was with a company and we had this great culture that we had crafted and yet we didn't embody it. We didn't live it. And so sometimes employees would be like, "Oh, this is cool culture," and it's like, "Yeah, it's it's nice on paper." <laughs> and and so they see it. So you know, we can make all the nice t-shirts, and we can do the social media, and we can be like, "Dude, we're the coolest company." But if you're not authentically living it, if you're not breathing it, if you don't embody it as the owner, and you're not, you know, actually, I, I remember my first—it's actually my second fast food job. I was uh, I was working for a seafood company. Um, that was a color and a fish, uh, just to give you context. And I was there for about three years. And our GM, man, never had a bad day. And every day I'm like, how you doing? He's like, working my butt off. Love it, love it, love it. Love you guys, love it all. And at first I thought it was just kind of cheesy and that, but man, he was the hardest working person in the office. And he mm-hmm. he was in there, he'd, he'd, he'd roll up his sleeves, he'd help. But it was the sense he knew his job was to set the pace to set the standard and to, it didn't matter if he'd had a fight with his wife or if the numbers are down or someone chewed him out at head office. His job was to make sure we all knew the the tone and the level and what was expected of us and he embodied it. And so Mm. it was like, I wanted to keep up with Doug. Like that was my goal was to be like Doug. And then, and I've had other managers over the years who is was like they sat there and flirted with the waitress. Or, you know, they were there with the hostess just trying to look good. And and we see that. Everyone sees mm-hmm. how we lead and how we manage or how we are as owners. And if you don't think the person in the mailroom knows who you are as a leader, authentically knows who you are by your actions, you're mistaken. And so, you know, some of us are incredibly well born. And gifted leaders, and some of us have to work at it, and some of us need incredible coaches um, and people who can help us uncover some of those soft skills. Um, Most men, myself included, we're bad at listening. Um, We we listen to solve. And so you're like, Yeah, I'm having trouble with this. Like, oh, I can help you. It's like, That's not what you need to hear. You needed me to say, John, I get that. That sucks. End of the sentence. And so, you know, I, I think I think that's the coolest thing I see is so many leaders who are, who are understanding their own maybe shortcomings or where they're not strong and they're going in getting coaches and there's no stigma around coaching. Um, they're getting maybe not consultants as much, but just, you know, they're, they're working on their own in the same way, you know, Tiger Woods fixes his swing and relearns how to swing his golf club so he's more efficient. You know, if, if you're running a company, bring somebody in and say, hey, like, no holds bar. Where am I strong? Where am I soft? I know one business owner who, who brings his mentor, in. the mentor interviews all the senior leadership so that the mentor understands the blind spots of the mm-hmm. owner and is able to help the owner overcome those blind spots through really radical, brutal candor. And that takes somebody comfortable of saying, I know I'm not perfect, help me overcome some of my failings. And so I think you know that this example of the startup you're talking about, we need more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate that even more than people who have just made incredible profits, certainly in the last two years where we idolize some of these profits and go that there's people out there who are quietly changing the planet who are making the planet better? Who are making our communities better? Who are, who are helping people? And 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 you know it was a huge discussion, what a year and a half ago, with George Floyd, where we start talking about privilege and and mm-hmm. and, and white privilege and, and that. And yes, I am I'm a white middle class middle aged dude. I'm as privileged as you get. And my job is how do I. How do I make as much room for everyone else at the table? How do I open as many doors knowing that me making room at the table doesn't mean I have to give up my seat. It means I need to put more seats at the table. Um, And sometimes it means I need to step back and stop talking and let other voices be heard, which is ironic that now I'm sitting on a podcast with you, um, (laughs) having my voice heard. But I just think these are all the... and, And I think there's just such an appetite for these kind of discussions. And I think this idea of of social distancing, even though really what it should have been was physical distancing and social, like, man, hold on for dear life socially <laughs> while we physically distance. I think so many of us are seeing, especially when some of these things got lifted, and it's like, I almost cried the first time. like I shook another person's hand and maybe gave somebody a hug that wasn't my immediate family member to say, oh, my God, it's good to see you again. And I'm so glad you're here with me on the other side of it. So, you know, I think there's a, there's a real sense of return to humanity. There's a real sense of, man, we need to care for each other. We need to take better care of each other. Um, and and yet there's so much work that can be done or should be done or that we could do a better job of that it's it's kind of like, Time to put our money where our mouth is as business owners, because if we don't, if we don't walk the the talk, um, our employees, they'll walk.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you, you know, you touched on a lot of great things in there, Trevor, just around. And I love the fact it's, it's you know, you don't have to leave the table. You know, you're just adding more seats to the table so you can be inclusive. And really, that's what it means, right? Just to, to bring everybody on board, to bring together. But also that authentic part right like if you're not authentic if you're not genuine you're right you know people are going to walk right like you know, they're saying that the next big wave of of um, you know the next big wave is going to be people leaving organizations and you know if, if you're not doing the work if you're not the leader that you need to be then you're going to lose your top talent inside your organization and they're just going to go to other places so you know,
1: there's and, a lot of, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, just, it's it's, it's 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 a beautiful point we brought up. And and again, I think some of the most mature leaders also know when to step down and say, mm-hmm. the company's reached a certain point where my skill set is not, like, I know what my skill set is. And so, you know, I, I'm blessed to have uh, an incredible business partner who completes a lot of the things where I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're a CEO and you know that kind of that growth and maintain and um, just nurturing a company is not your strong suit uh, and you're more the cowboy, like, hyper growth and, you know, let's wing it and make it up. Um, if, if, if you reach that point where it's like, okay, now we need to nurture and, and that, and if you have maturity, you're going to step down and say, we now need a CEO who can take us to that next level because that's not my skill set. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's being authentic. And that's and that's understanding that you know uh, if you look at if you look at Steve Jobs and what he accomplished in, in his brilliance and yet I would say Tim Cook doesn't have a tenth of the genius that Steve Jobs had in terms of product ideation and, and mm-hmm. vision and and just kind of like Gretzky says skating where the puck will be not where it is that's Steve Tim is one of the most brilliant, um, like making millions by saving pennies and, yeah. and that supply chain of just saying, instead of trying to knock things out of the park visionary, it's taking what we have and making incremental changes that radically change things, but that we reduce cost and supply chain and efficiency and their their numbers are astronomical under Tim Cook, and yet they're not the visionary they were under Steve. Cool. So it's to understand that you may be a visionary, and you may be just people don't get you, but they'll buy you and, and that, but at some point you need someone who can come in and and do the day-to-day and do the machinations and the boring and the the P and L's and do that and drive it and put process and, you know, systemize things and, and help people be accountable so that they have their daily or their monthly or the weekly statistics. And look, you're up this week and here's your KPIs. Not every business leader enjoys that or loves that or wants to do that. And some people that's their jam. Mm. And so I, I think, you know, I used to joke, uh, you know, like authenticity is everything. And if you can fake that you have it made. Um, but it's, it's really, I think as I get older, realizing that there is such incredible power in being real and being who you are and understanding that both the good and the bad and your strengths and your weaknesses. But there's such incredible power and certainty in knowing who you are and where you're going and, and creating a vision around that, that people can either go with you or not. And, and again, um, I remember listening to an interview with someone who was asking for a raise and, and the manager was like, uh, I can't, but you're welcome to go look for something somewhere else. And the person was shocked. He's like, you want me to go? It's like, no, I don't want you to go. I love having you work here. But you're an adult. I'm not, you know, this is so market. If you want to get a job somewhere else, if you want more money, I get that. I can't give you more money unless we make some serious changes in terms of your productivity. Um, but you're an adult. And you have to make your choices. I'm responsible to my boss to make the right choices for the company. And it was like, whoa, what clarity of a manager yeah. to be able to say, um, I understand why you need more money. I get it, um, but that's not where you're at. And, and I respect if you have to go somewhere else to find that. So, you know, sure. I, th- I think th- again, it, it just comes back to maturity and and authentically. Mm-hmm kind of knowing who you are and, and, and just helping others really just find themselves in that too.
0: Yeah. No, and and that's fantastic. And I love that. I love that particular point, you know, as a leader, knowing yourself and, you know, those, you know, the talent that's listening to this, um, you know, a big part of what they're going to go through is really having a good understanding of who they are. So that when Mm -hmm. they do connect with those organizations, they know what they're able to bring. But also, you know, how to lead in the future, right, like being part of this new world that we're going to go into, um, knowing that you have to have this with you, this particular, you know, characteristic of being authentic, genuinely authentic. Uh, as you as you uh, as we navigate into this new world, so uh, Trevor, I just wanted to say that's been amazing. If uh, people wanted to get a hold of you, just you know, as we wrap up, if people want to you know, get get a hold of you or learn a little bit more about you, where can they go and get that information?
1: Oh, I, I don't think you need to learn more about me. Um, you can certainly come to uh, Corporate Connections website. So www.corporateconnections.com um, mm-hmm. is our global website. Uh, and .dot.ca uh, is the Canadian website. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can certainly find me uh, at LinkedIn. I think it's Trevor underscore Botkin. B O T K I N. Um, happy to connect. I love connecting with people uh, from that from that aspect. Um, but but certainly, you know, my my greatest joy is helping my members connect with other business leaders across the country and globally. Um, and and again. I've had great joy in also helping uh, people it's funny I was just talking to somebody the other day who's about my age late late 40s and looking to pivot and mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about if I was in his position you know how would I approach the new job market and how would I start leveraging the network and and he's like well I was going to talk to so and so I'm like I would go to so and so and just have a candid discussion uh, about uh about the job market with them and get their opinion mm-hmm. and, and do it in such a way that they feel very comfortable if they have an opening of saying, come work for me. Um, but don't feel like you have to go ask for that work. And I think most of us, um, have been there before. And there's very few of us who haven't walked in those shoes of like, Oh man, what's the next job? What's the next, or how do I, how do I feed the family? Um, yes. and we've all been there. So I, I, I think, Now's the time to just have conversations with people and saying, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go next, or I'm not sure I want to go, or, you know, do you know anyone that's looking for my skill set? I'd like to prove that I am an incredible employee. Yeah,
0: no, and that's, that's amazing. I I loved how you, how we're finishing up with that, because I think it's very poignant at this time, especially with People really thinking about what they want to do next, and as yeah. they start to look at organizations like this, and you know, the, the one thing recruiters are telling me is half your job search is networking and just connecting with people, you're creating that human connection. So I'm glad that's, that we were. Able to, that's life, John. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. that's
1: that's uh, if you're not out there. And I don't mean networking, and, and and again, to me, networking is a dirty word. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's a junior high dance where you're like, oh, I don't want to ask anyone to dance because I don't want rejection, or, or it's the the passing business cards out like it's confetti. Um, I I mean, go out there. I, I have a good friend who's brilliant, brilliant, works a room like no one I've ever met. And I asked him, I said, how do you do that? Like, How do you just walk up to people? And he goes, because everyone's standing there hoping someone will come up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And so most people really appreciate when you come up and just say hi. I'm like, really? He goes, I, I guarantee you, unless they're a douchebag, they just are so <laughs> appreciative of someone coming up and saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, how are you doing? And so treat life as if it was one big networking event and just connect, just yeah. go out there and, and form relationships. And I've been at dinner parties where I didn't think there was anyone in the room And I've had conversations that radically reshaped how I view the world just because someone is in there and we got into it and nothing in common professionally, but, you know, spiritually, uh, community wise, just radically reshaped my view just because, um, you know, I had the. The courage to say, "Hey, I'm I'm Trev. Who are you?" Um, which is not my normal default kind of setting. I'm a bit of a wallflower at those things. So, anyway, if you're if you're looking for a job, um, or if you're not satisfied where you are now, just call people up. Say, "Hey, I want to grab a cup of coffee. I want to go out and grab a beer, or let's let's do a picnic or a barbecue. I just I just I want to talk to you about the world and the market and." Get your opinion or, you know, do you know anyone that's doing that? And it's astounding how many of us know someone that probably is looking for that person at that moment.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And so just to, to, to follow up, I, I will also make sure to include your links in the show notes. So people will have an access, will have an easy way to just access corporate connections. Beautiful. Um, the CorporateConnections.com site and the CA site and also your LinkedIn profile. Well, Trevor, thanks again for your time. Thanks again for shedding uh, some light in terms of what's happening, but also providing us insights in terms of what we really need to do, especially as leaders as we go and navigate into this new dynamic and interesting world that we're venturing into. So thank you again for your time.
1: Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, John. Thanks so much for having me and uh, good luck with uh, this show. It's uh, I think it's such a needed thing. And uh, I have such big faith in Canadian entrepreneurial uh, spirit and Canadian employees and and just such a fan of of what we're doing here in this country in terms of really just trying to get through it and not not just survive, but, you know, really to thrive as a country.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So that is it for this episode of the podcast. Wishing everyone a great one. Have a great day.